to talk about this morning about hope. And, you know, we did read the word hope uh, in Ephesians chapter 2, uh, and that is where it was uh, in Paul in talking to the Gentiles says, remember that in time being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, uh, that you were uh, without Christ, you were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, you were strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Well, I tell you, if you're without God, you're without hope. And uh, that's just the truth of the matter. That's just the bottom line of it all is that is if you're without God, you are absolutely without hope. In fact, uh, in Proverbs uh, chapter 13, we read uh, in uh, verse 12, hope deferred maketh the heart sick. But when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. Now, I've read that verse uh, many times over the years. Hope deferred maketh the heart sick. And most of the time when I read it, I think of, you know, a a young couple, uh, maybe like uh, Jared and Grace. You know, and uh, they uh, they might be separated for a little time. They got this young love going on, right? And they might be separated for a period of time. And, oh, they're missing one another so much, you know. And I hope I get to see him, and hope I get to see her. And 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 they just heartsick over not being able to be together for the ten minutes that he went to the store. And when, when he finally comes back and, oh, she's just rejoicing and he's rejoicing, you know, and it's been 10 minutes and I just can't uh, imagine. And so uh, uh, the desire cometh and it becomes a tree of life, right? Well, uh, as much as that is true, I know with uh, them in their lives, uh, it is even more true with us and with our bridegroom. And we are waiting on our bridegroom, right? I mean, we're just waiting for him uh, to come back again. He has said, I'm going to prepare a place for you, right? And and, uh, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again to get you. And when I come again to get you, I'm going to take you to that place that I have prepared for you. And we're going to forever and ever be together. And, and oh, we just can't wait for that day when that time will come, when the bridegroom will come back again. And we will be able to, and, and, and this hope that we have that is deferred. And oh, Lord, how long will you defer your return? How long until you come back again? And it seems like he tarries and tarries and tarries and and we just wait and wait and wait and and we just get heart sick wanting for our heavenly uh, uh, father and 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 jesus christ and the spirit to to gather us all in with them in all eternity And, and when that desire cometh when he comes finally when we see him coming in the clouds like he ascended so shall he descend and we when we hear that voice of the archangel sounding out that trumpet of God uh, blaring out and saying the time has come the time is here then it's going to be like that tree of life right it's going to be in fact it absolutely will be that tree of life you know the tree of life that was in the garden of Eden and was in the midst of the garden there and the, and and uh, and uh, they uh, they had it right there with them 
that tree of life we're going to see once again when Jesus comes. But for but if you don't have God, if you if you don't have God, there's just no hope. You know, there was a there was a guy that was given a, a um, diagnosis by a doctor uh, one time, and the diagnosis was was very dire. In fact, the doctor told him, they, "There's you've got this disease, and there's absolutely no cure for this disease. We know of no way to to stop this disease, and it's going to progress." And it's going to eventually end up in that you will uh, uh, that you will lose your life, and there's just no way to stop it. And this guy was so entrenched in this world that he, uh, you know, he he just could not fathom not being here, and he was he was really without God in his life. And and as the disease progressed. And he, he had to be cared for uh, in a facility. And he would just walk around that facility with a, a blank look on his face. And just staring off into space as it were. And just saying, there's no hope. There's no hope. There's no hope. That's the way it is without God. The people who are without God. The, the Gentiles, uh, Paul said, you were at one time without God in this world and you were without hope in this world. And that's the way that, that people who don't know God, who don't, don't have a relationship with God, that's the way that, that they live their lives without any hope whatsoever, without any hope because they don't know God. In fact, even those who who may have caught a glimpse of God and may have understood about God at one point, if they then go their own way. And how many people, how many people do you know that at one point rejoiced in the message of, of Jesus Christ and, and rejoiced with the songs of Zion and, and really held on to that and, and loved it. And yet over time because of life and circumstances and, and situations and what happens and they end up going away from God. And as a result, they lose their hope. That's exactly what Bildad, the Shumite, uh, the, the, I'm sorry, the Shuhite told Job in Job chapter 8. As, as Bildad, who no doubt was a miserable comforter, because, you know, that's what Job called him at one point. Miserable comforters are you all. And, and um, he was a miserable comforter. But that doesn't mean that everything that he said was wrong. He, he, he in fact, what he was saying, for the most part, was right. It was just that he was applying it without any empathy whatsoever. And, and he saw some things uh, maybe a little bit askew. But here's, he said, in, at one point he said, so are the paths of all that forget God. Now, this is a, a simile. This is, a, he's comparing it. And what he's comparing it to is there were these, uh, the rushes, these, uh, this plant that would uh, that would come up green and 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 they would be green real quick but then the sun would come out and the the heat of the sun would cause them to wither away quickly much more quickly than other uh, shrubs and bushes and plants would it would wither away real quickly he says that's the way it is they they they're green uh, uh, at some point but 
when the heat comes on, it seems like that the uh, they they wither away. He says, "So are the paths of all that forget God." If you forget God, you're like this bulrush that uh, uh, you're, you're green when 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 times are good, but the heat comes on, and you for you forget God, and as a result, you wither away. And the hypocrites hope shall perish. And that's, that's a danger to all of us because as much as I love you, and I do, I do love you all, you know, I, I really do, but you're a bunch of hypocrites. We all are. I'm, I'm a hypocrite. To a degree, we're all hypocrites. And, and we have to be careful because it's a, he says, the hypocrite's hope shall perish. That, that hope shall be cut off because they're trusting in something that's like trusting in a spider web. Now, I'll tell you, if I was, uh, if I was forced to jump from a burning building and I was given the opportunity to jump and they said, don't worry about it, we, we've gathered up a bunch of spider webs, just jump right here into the midst of this spider web. And I'd have to say, hmm, is there another way? Is there a, something else we can consider, right? Because we know spider webs don't uh, hold you very well. I mean, if you want to learn karate, it's a good thing that you can walk into a spider web and you start doing all this, you know, you can learn karate that way, but we're jumping from a building, no thank you. If you trust in a spider's web, that's what's what hypocrites do. And they says that's the way it is without God. It's like trusting in a spider web. It's just not going to hold. Job himself goes on to say in uh, chapter 27, he says uh, uh, in uh, verse 8, For what is the hope of the hypocrite, though he hath gained? What is his hope when God taketh away his soul. And that's what we've got to be concerned about is uh, that we, we don't want to get to hoping in the things of this world, depending on the things of this world, because the things of this world is like a big giant spider web, right? It's, it's not to be trusted in. That's why the psalmist goes in, in, uh, in Psalm 30, uh, 39, he says in verse uh, 7, and now, Lord, what wait I for? Now, let me rephrase that how we would say that today. Lord, what am I waiting on? You know, what am I waiting on? And let me ask that question to us today. What are we waiting on? What, what is it that we think, you know, uh, in, the, uh, in the Disney movies, there's always that that hero or heroine that comes in and, and, and uh, riding in and, uh, on that, uh, that bleached charger, as Bean Crosby would say, and, 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 and to save the day, right? I mean, there to, to make everything all right. What are we waiting on? You know, people wait on a lot of things. I, most people I know, it seems like what they're waiting on is they're waiting on Friday. Isn't that true? Waiting on Friday. I, you know... Uh, after Monday, the next four days are terrible. You know, they, they're waiting on Friday. They just can't wait for Friday to get here. When maybe if we were 
eagerly waiting on Sunday, maybe we could say, hey, I'm not waiting on Friday. I can't wait for Sunday to get here. T-G-I-S, right? We, we just, some people wait on Friday. They, they're waiting on, okay, summer, you know, especially kids in school, right? Waiting on summer to get here. When summer gets here, they just can't wait for summer to get here. Or spring break or Christmas break or whatever it may be, just waiting on that. Just what are you waiting on? You know, and, we, and then we get older and, and we're, we're just waiting on the next payday. Boy, I can't wait till payday gets here. Right? I just can't wait for that next paycheck to arrive. I, I can't wait for my tax return to come back. Uh, and, you know, I, I just can't wait. Uh, what are we waiting on? What is it that you have a hope in, is what I'm asking. What is it that you are, uh, are clinging on to that you think, well, once that happens, everything will be all right? What is, what is your hope? Let me tell you, there's never existed any government of this world that you can put your hope in. I don't care who's running it. If you're waiting on, on, uh, on the government, because you know why? Because the government is, is filled with people who are sinners, just like you and I. We're all sinners. And they, I just wouldn't wait on any government to be the savior of your life. It just won't happen. You, you're waiting, waiting on, uh, oh, the lotto. You're, you, you're going to hit that lottery, right? And, and you're going to, to have enough money to where it's all going to work out. It's all going to be okay. And, you know, have you, have you looked at the studies of what happens with pe- most people who win the lottery? They, they pretty quickly go broke. And it's just, it's, it's astounding. It really is. What are you waiting on? Well, we are waiting on, uh, as, as the psalmist says here, and now, Lord, what wait I for? What am I waiting on? Well, Lord, my hope is in Thee. That's the only hope we have, is God. That's the only hope that there is, is, is our heavenly uh, Father, uh, our, our, our bridegroom, Jesus Christ, that Holy Spirit, the Trinity of the Godhead. God is our only hope. That's it. Thought for sure I'd get an amen out of that one. Boy. You want me to say it again so you can say amen? God is our only hope. Thank you. Thank you. There we go. That's it. Do you know, you can look out through all the history uh, uh, of this this world. All of the various kinds of gods, little g gods that have existed. You know, you've got the God of lightning and the God of thunder and the, the, the God of the ocean and the God of rain and the God of crops and the God of fire and the God of this and the God of that. You know, all kinds of gods. You had, you, had, you had gods who focused on various aspects and, and they, would, they would worship and sacrifice and pray to those gods. The god of, of, uh, you even had a god of war, right? Right? God of war. Do you know, as you look throughout all of, of the history of time and study out all of that, that uh, those various, uh, Brother Danny, those various religions... You know what you'll never find? Never will you find the God of hope. Never. There was never, ever. You found the goddess of love. 
Aphrodite, right? And, and of course, it really, in all actuality, was the goddess of lust because it wasn't all about the what love truly is. But you never, you never find a god of hope. Well, we know about the god of hope. Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Now the god of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. You know, it, it, it's wonderful how God reveals himself unto us. I alluded to this, talked a little bit about it yesterday, how that uh, uh, in the pre-Mosaic uh, time, God was known in one way, to his people and when Moses begins leading the Israelites in the wilderness God reveals himself uh, in another way uh, to them uh, and when uh, Abraham comes along yet another way you know Isaac and Jacob come along yet another way and all through this time period of the Old Testament we see God revealing himself more and more and more to his people to the point that we say that God has all kinds of names. He is the, and we say that because he's the God of this, he's the God of that, he's the God of the other, but he's the true God. He's the one and only God who is the God of all those things. Now our favorite maybe, or maybe this is just my favorite, is when uh, Abraham went up on, on the mountain and was about to sacrifice his son and, and, uh, and Isaac said, well, where is the sacrifice? And Abraham said, in today's language, don't worry about it. The Lord will provide himself a sacrifice, right? And do you know uh, back in the original language that is Jehovah Jireh? That's, that's what you get. And you know that name, right? Jehovah Jireh. The Lord revealed himself as the provider. One of his names is he is the God who provides, the God of provisions as well. And God has all kinds of, of names like that because that's what he does. That's who he is by his very essence, by his very nature. And, and it comes forth and it is manifest from within himself as being the provider or the God of love or the God of mercy or the God of hope or the God of grace or, or uh, whatever it may be. It, this is, it comes from within himself and emanates out to you. And it's the same with being the God of hope. That hope, it originates with him. He is the God of hope. And that hope comes out to you. Now the God of hope, do what? May he fill you with joy and peace in believing. Belief's an important part, and we could go into that for some time, but belief's an important part. But as, as you believe, as you grasp a hold and understand about Jesus Christ, the God of hope will, will fill you with, with, uh, with joy and peace so that you can abound in hope. And boy, oh boy, do we need hope. You feel like you need hope today? Do you sometimes look out in this world and you say, boy, this is a hopeless situation. 
I do, and maybe I'm just a pessimist, but, but I look out in this world and I say, there, there's just no hope here. I, I'm like the guy that I described to you a bit ago, you know, and, and this earth, guess what? This earth, this world, and, and all that, they, they, are, they, are, they are cursed with a disease and there is to mankind, as far as mankind can come up with, there is no cure. No cure. We, we make some headway with cancer. You know, we, we, uh, we, we get to, to where we can treat cancer at least uh, to a degree and such. And, and, but let me tell you, when it comes to, to the disease that mankind has, the curse that mankind is under, the curse that this earth is under, there is no cure that we can come up with. Funnel all of the billions into, into research and, and, uh, and trying to figure out a way to, to where mankind uh, is, is back the way they were when they were created by God. It can't happen. Spend all the money trying to figure it out. Spend all the time trying to figure out. All the resources just, just devoted to that. There is no cure for mankind that mankind can come up with. There is only one that has the antidote. And that is God. And that antidote is the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the only cure. Without God, we are without hope. But thanks be to God that our God is the God of hope. He is the God of hope. Jeremiah said, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord. And catch this. Whose hope the Lord is. That last word is so important. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord whose hope the Lord is. Right now, right now today, and I'm glad he didn't say whose hope the Lord was. And while that's true, when the Lord was my hope, things were good. When the Lord's not my hope, things are bad. And so this is a present tense, right now, immediate situation and, 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 and promise where Jeremiah says, Blessed is the man that trusteth right now in the Lord. And whose hope the Lord is right now, we've got to have this hope, this hope that is, uh, that is uh, coming from the Lord himself. Here's another interesting study. You go back and look at the catacombs of ancient Rome. Uh, that's the, that's the, uh, the grave sites of ancient Rome. You know, uh, there's been many grave, uh, graveyards we've been in and uh, I know when, like when we're going up to, to Hopewell or to Southampton you know and you can walk around and other places you can walk around you can see the graves there the headstones and it's interesting to see what the time periods have been you know maybe uh, uh, maybe you're wondering what is the oldest one in here right and uh, what, what is that and to study those those tombstones and 
People, of course, have studied tombstones and, and grave histories. In fact, uh, our daughter Ashton uh, wrote her paper in undergrad and then again uh, carried it into graduate school writing about uh, the, the grave art of this ancient people in Italy. And uh, you'd think that I would remember more about it because I edited every one of those papers. And, uh, but I just pushed it aside, you know, that uh, I, I got had enough of, of talking about graveyards. Where was I going with all this? Oh, the catacombs over in ancient Rome, right. And you go into these catacombs and there's divisions in these uh, ancient Roman uh, catacombs, these ancient Roman uh, uh, grave sites, uh, and there's actually a, a section, uh, a, a post-Christ Christian section, if you will. And so you look at the, there's, there's always, they really made things, they, they, as I've alluded to, they, there was grave art. And they would write things as well. You know, we've got the tombstone that says whatever the tombstone is going to say, right? Uh, well, like my tombstone. I've already figured out what my tombstone's going to say. And y'all have got to remember this. Make sure that, that Lori and, and Steve, you know, put this on my tombstone. I, I, I want them to, want it to read, I told y'all that ignoring my puns was a grave mistake. <laughs> In those catacombs, they were, there was messages. And there were messages like, they were, they were sad. You know, like, this is it. This is the final thing. And I, I, I don't remember exactly what any of them said. But it, it is to the, to the context of, uh, this is it. This is the, the final place for him, you know. And uh, the, uh, he'll never be anymore. And all this stuff. Very sad. You go over to those who, who were Christians and the messages were actually uplifting this is not you know this this is but temporary and he's off in a better place and and things like that and the messages were were more hopeful and you know why? Because they knew the God of hope because they knew they were not without God in this world. But rather they knew from the God of hope that there was something better. That, oh, I, I just love that we came up with this this weekend, that phase three is coming. Right? Phase three is coming. And, and they knew that because they were the God, they, they believed in and understood the God of hope. Over in uh, uh, Proverbs chapter 14, let me turn back over there real quick and get that because I don't want to misquote it. I like the way it was worded. Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 32. I believe it is. Yes, the wicked is driven away in his wickedness, but the righteous hath hope in his death. Listen to that language. The righteous hath hope in his death. Now you go up to a lot of people in this world and, and you say, you know, well, I can't wait to die. They're going to take you to a psychiatric ward to see if you needed some help. They are. 
You know, you, you have, uh, I forget what the medical term is, probably somebody here knows it, but there's a medical term for somebody who, who has a desire for death. And, 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 and so if you go and say, look, I have, I, I have, I'm looking forward to, to death. I'm, I have a lot of hope in death. They're going to think you're crazy. But the truth of the matter is, is that as God has imputed his righteousness unto you through Jesus Christ. Remember that, uh, that, uh, that picture we painted? Uh, here is God. Uh, he, he has this righteousness and it's coming to you through the conduit of Jesus Christ. And it is spread all over you by the Holy Spirit so that you have the righteousness of Christ. All of your natural righteousnesses are as filthy rags. You have no righteousness of your own. There's none righteous. No, not one. But thanks be unto God that he has given us his righteousness. He has clothed us with his righteousness. And we are righteous in his sight. And as we are righteous in his sight, the righteous hath hope. Even in death. I tell you another story. Uh, Brother Steve and I experienced. There was a, uh, a dear sister back in, in the Lubbock church. Many, many years ago. Uh, was she and her husband both dear friends of ours. And, and dear people. Brother and Sister Farr. And, and Sister Farr was hospitalized. And, and we, we went up there with Brother George. Went up there to, to visit Sister Farr. Unfortunately... By the time we get there, I say unfortunately, actually it's fortunately, by the time we got there, she had gone on to heaven. She was gone. Now, they had a daughter who did not understand these things that you understand about heaven and, and about having hope in God and there's, there's, uh, that, that Jesus is going to take you to a better place. Except she didn't understand that. She had thrown herself up onto her mother on the hospital bed and was just wailing, just wailing in sorrow because she didn't understand what we are talking about today, that, that even in death, there is hope. In fact, especially in death, there is hope, especially now, I, I have a hope. I have a hope that my plane will actually take me home this evening. You know, I may get there in Southwest has a different plan. I, my, my, hope may, my hopes in that may be dashed. I have a hope that I'll have a, a good week this coming week, right? And, and my hopes may be dashed. But let me tell you, when it comes to God and God's promises, my hopes are secure in Jesus Christ. I don't have to worry about that whatsoever. The hope that I have in Him, it is secure. It is, it is found. There is, for the righteous, there's hope even in death. And so, I think this may be why uh, the psalmist asked this question, one that you're very familiar with in Psalm 42. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why? I don't know about you, but I like to have a little pity party every once in a while. I like for, for people to come and, and say, Oh, you poor thing. 
and treat me nice. Maybe, maybe bring me a Dr. Pepper, <laughs> piece of key lime pie. You know, every once in a while, I like to have a good pity party. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? That's what I should be asking myself, right? Instead of having my little pity party, I should be saying, why are, why are you so cast down? Why are you so sad and grim, right? Why are you, uh, uh, what, what we used to say a long time ago, why you got the, is it the hub grubs? Brother, you know, I, I, I don't know, Brother Fred will know, he's, he, uh, you know, you got the, the hub grubs or something, I forget, but why? Why? It's because I've lost sight of what God has said is most important. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? Why, why am I all stirred up and troubled about all of this stuff? Why? Why am I cast down? Why am I stirred up? Why am I disquieted within myself? The answer is right here in front of me. Hope thou in God. Now let me tell you, when I'm having my pity party, I don't want y'all to come and say, just hope in God. <laughs> Brother Steve and I took another preacher, I won't mention his name, but took another preacher snow skiing many, many years ago out in, uh, when we lived in Texas, we took him over to New Mexico, went snow skiing, first time he had ever been snow skiing. Now y'all don't know, you may not know this about your pastor here. By the way, I've got a lot of secrets on Brother Steve, and he, he, he will never be able to, to disfriend me. You know, you might, you might can have uh, unfriend somebody on Facebook, but he's not going to unfriend me. I've got too many secrets about him. So I'm pretty secure here. You may not know this about Brother Steve. He was actually an excellent snow skier. Back in his day. And... Uh, and so we took we took this brother's snow skiing, and and brother Steve is an eager person, right? He's eager. He he wants to get on with things, right? Let's get on with it. And so uh, taking it slow is not in the vocabulary of brother Steve. Brother Steve did give him a few times on the bunny slope, but then it was, hey, let's go up the mountain. And, uh, and so we went halfway up the mountain. But to get down to the bunny slope again, there was, this, there was this slope that was fairly steep. And so I told Brother Steve, I said, Brother Steve, you and Brother so-and-so, you go on ahead. You can teach him how to ski. And I'll, I'll hold back up the hill ways. That way, if he falls and his skis come off or he loses his poles, you know, and he's sliding down the mountain, I'll ski down, get the skis and poles and bring them down to him, right? And so that was our plan of attack here. Well, uh, this dear brother, he, he got real good at what is called the sit-down turnaround. <laughs> and, and he does this. I mean, after, I mean, he falls. I'll tell you this, well, he falls. Just fall, 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 and turn, fall, fall, fall. <laughs> so 
me in my compassionate, empathetic way that I have. I yell down at this brother who's a preacher, mind you. And I say, hey, brother, just remember what the Bible says. As you think in your heart, so are you. If you'll just think you're a skier, hey, you'll get up and you'll be a skier. I mean, if nothing else, in times of tribulation, you quote scripture. And that brother looks up the hill at me and he says, yeah, I know all that stuff. <laughs> if I'm having a pity party, y'all don't come quote this scripture to me. I know all that stuff. Why, why is my soul disquieted? What, what am I waiting on? I've got a hope in God. That's, that's what I've got to do. That's the answer, isn't it? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. The help of his countenance. Do you know just seeing God will help? Even if he doesn't provide anything else, just seeing God will help. I will yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Just, just God, just look upon me and that will be enough to help me. That's the hope that we have in God. Oh, my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan and of the Hermonites from the hill Mizar. Deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy water spouts. All thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime. And in the night his song shall be with me. And my prayer unto the God of my life. I will say unto God my rock. He's my rock. I'll ask him, why have you forgotten me? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? And then it comes back to me once again. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God. Hope in God. The Bible, the Bible is full of examples of God helping people overcome impossible situations. Absolutely full of them. I mean, you want examples, they are there. Adam and Eve, they, they sin against God, and, and God comes and says, Love, what's your condition now? And they, and they don't have any answer for him, and, and they, are, uh, they are cursed uh, in a cursed situation. And even there, God says, but you know, you're, by the seed of woman, you're going to have hope. Even in that situation. You know, God comes, here is Moses. Moses uh, is, is delivering the Israelites from the land of Egypt. They're, they're escaping the land of Egypt. Uh, Pharaoh is after them. He has sent his army. In front of them is the Red Sea. Behind them is Pharaoh's army. They don't have anywhere to go, any way to escape. And God steps in and intervenes. I've already mentioned it. Uh, I'm just going to use the term, even though this is not my but God sermon. But God intervenes right and so God changed there's no hope 
But God changes the situation. Abraham. Abraham and Sarah, and they are childless, 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 and they get to where they're beyond childbearing years, and there's no way that God's promised to him that you're going to be the father of many nations. There's no way that's going to come true. He tries to force it in his own way. It's not working out over there, and God comes to him, and he says, it's going to happen. Uh, uh, Sarah uh, laughs at that message, you know, but you know what? God intervenes, and where there is no hope, God brings forth hope. We have Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They will not bow the knee to the, uh, to the image of the king. They will not worship the king as God. They say, you better do it or bad things going to happen. They say, we're not going to do it. They take them out, heat up the furnace seven times hotter than normal, and, and, and they're about to be thrown in, and, and there's, there's just, just no hope that they're going to be able to survive that. They open the oven, as it were, and the heat uh, kills the, the guards who are, who are there to throw them in. They go into the fire, and there's no way, and yet God intervenes in a hopeless situation and brings hope to it so that they're not even seeing, they don't even smell of smoke at all. That's, that's how amazing God is. You get Daniel. Same thing, you know, you, you can't pray, Daniel. You can't pray, you can't pray. Daniel says, watch this. He throws open his window and he prays to God. And they say, okay, then yeah, you may be a big wig in the government, but we're still going to throw you into a den of lions. They take him in there. They throw him into the den of lions, these hungry lions who haven't eaten. And, and, and Daniel says, well, there's no way I'm going to survive this. There's no way, there's no hope for me in this. And God says, well, just wait until I shut the mouths of the lions. David goes out. He, nobody from the Israelite army will go out against Goliath. Goliath, big nine foot something fellow over there and big and strong. And he's mocking God. He says, won't anybody come out here and take up for your God? And, and, and David, little bitty shepherd boy David, who his father forgot about him when he was uh, uh, talking about which one was going to be king, right? His father forgot him. Oh, yeah, there's old, old David about there uh, tending sheep. He's probably out there writing some music, playing on his harp or something you know uh, and, and, and David comes to there and he says why aren't y'all going out against Goliath and, well he's big he's strong he, he makes us afraid David said well let me go out there and, and David goes out there and, and here's little bitty David against big old Goliath and what's David going to do well God delivers him so that when there was seemed like a hopeless situation there was hope I mean time and time again one of my favorites is, uh, is the Valley of Dry Bones. Do you remember the Valley of Dry Bones? And, and God says to the prophet, says, uh, can these bones live? Can these bones live? Well, the prophet knows better than to answer that question with, with a no. He says, Lord, you know whether they can or not. And, and, and watch this, this valley of dry bones, bones everywhere. They come up together and, 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 and the tendons come on them and the muscle comes on them and the skin comes on them and, and God breathes into them and they are alive again. And when it was a completely hopeless situation, God says, watch this. And brings them back again. That's the God of hope. Somebody shout. That's the God of hope. Amen. So what have you got in your, in your life? What have you got in your life? Maybe just a few little fish and loaves. Watch what God can do with a few little fish and loaves. You, you got a storm raging in your life? Watch what God can do with the storm. 
You 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 got a a, a, a situation that that it, it seems like that there's there's no way out of it. You know that there's there's the, it's like you've been thrown in prison and shackled up, and it's the darkest of nights, and and you're in the inner prison. There's no way. Watch what God can do. He can break the shackles off, open up the prison doors, and there you go. This is the God of hope we're talking about. The God of hope. What are you waiting for? Where is your hope today? It's got to be in the God of hope. That's the only place that we have any hope is in the God of hope. artist draws this picture of a bleary, bleary, a dreary, bleak. Well, if you, if you combine bleak and dreary, you get bleary, okay? We'll just coin our own words here. The artist draws this bleak and dreary picture. You know, it's, it's darkness, it's a storm going on, and, and you can barely see anything, just make out little shapes and shadows and such. And then he takes that paintbrush with just a little yellow paint. And with one little flick, he draws a candle in the window. And now, instead of being focusing on all the, the, the bleak dreariness of that picture, your attention is drawn to the light that is there. Just one little flick. God is that artist in your life. And when your life gets bleak and dreary, God will send that little flicker of hope into your life so that you can focus on that that hope rather than all of this other that goes on. Oh, folks, He is the God of hope. May the Lord bless you.